Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. cities are in danger. We need a decision about whether a set of emergency has been declared. So what the hell do we do now? I'm afraid that he's losing you and he's gonna drag me into a whole lot of trouble. I would have gone to the ends of the earth for you. It's not our life. Isn't it? Never question my decisions! The only thing you've thought about doing this whole operation is yourself. Tom, are you alright? Look at me. This is smoke and mirrors, Danny. This will have to be smothered. They'll kill us both if they find out. They won't find out. This job asks difficult things of us sometimes. MI5 Volume 2. Terrorist leader Adam Kassim has escaped from MI5 custody. The most serious failure in the organization's history. disappeared he made three encrypted phone calls to you last time i spoke to him he decommissioned me from mi5 you lost their number one most wanted find kasim find harry who are you sir harry pierce i want to know who helped you escape do you think kasim might have got to harry somehow turned him Kasim's escape was sanctioned by someone at the very top of the service. By one of the people who asked you to track me down. If you're lying to me, not this time. I was in MI5 just long enough to realize you can do good or you can do well. Sooner or later, they make you choose. He came, he saw, he found land. Oh, Johnny Potoki returns with a vengeance. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we were always back and forth. We're like, we'll get, we will see each other soon, and it won't be in another lifetime. We will be back soon. <laughs> Somehow we'll make this work. Uh, it was a chaotic last year. 
yep. somewhat even more chaotic than the year prior when COVID hit. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I already got so many episodes in the can and I'm enjoying the various collaborations and guest starring other people's shows. Cause you want a fun platform. You want a fun kind of, it's just therapy for me personally, because I'm talking about some fun fandom and as opposed to everyone gets together and bitch slaps each other or argues, not, no, no bullshit like that. It's just like, okay, you agree to be on this and on this platform, do this kind of research. That's, that's fun. And uh, John and I are both just into a lot of espionage kind of movies and shows. And we're just yep. like, uh, let, let's go on a trip back into, uh, again, few decades back I mean, let's just yeah, early 2000s right You're right 2002 2000. to 2010 and for clarification um so uh mi5 would basically be fbi equivalent for britain right you know, compared to mi6 which is basically you know, CIA. cia james bond right. and so uh, just as a warm-up um what made you uh, were you more into spy books or spy movies and shows? I think for me, I was more into spy movies and shows. I, I, I mean, I read a fair amount of Tom Clancy books, but that's not always spy, you know, like some of it is, but there's other st- elements in it. There's political but, elements. There's yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy and, and uh, there's military action in some of them too, you know, you're right. Special forces, men on a mission. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, stolen submarines. Yeah, totally. so, uh, yeah, so for me, you know, I grew up watching James Bond movies and I, I remember watching in like Flint, which was like, you know, in the 60s, there were many movie companies trying to do James Bond movies. I mean, the 50s and 60s, it was all about spies. And, a thousand percent. It sold. And, yeah. And even though I, I didn't grow up in the 60s, my many of my family members did. So I would watch them. And I remember watching the Matt Helm films with Dean Martin and James Bond. And, you know, so or the, even the TV shows like the, the saint. Nice. And <laughs> you were watching all kinds of fun. Yeah. It was all, you know, it was all about the suave spy getting the girl and saving the world, which now is unacceptable, but <laughs> there was all kinds of stuff and elements. And yeah, there was. And there was, you know, you know, there was, there was, um, there was the one with, uh, I can't remember the name of it. And then the English show with um, what's her name and the guy, Oh, they made a movie about it. I don't remember anything. Abby? No, no. It was, uh, <laughs> I think her name was something, Miss Peel or something. I don't remember. It's been, there's so many of them through, swirling around in my head. So for me, it was always the, what was always cool about the spy, the spy genre to me is that there's people that do similar things, right? Not like James Bond, but like what we're going to talk about. The, you know, the undercover operation part of it, the like blending in, the like saving the world and stuff. It's always been, it was always kind of cool. And the, the shows and movies are always a bit stylized, which make it kind of fun. Like kind of like a stylized cop show, like Miami Vice, right? You know, that's not what it was like, but it makes it a lot more fun to watch. There's that. So. And it's interesting how different types of storytelling set in different eras showcases as a whole there, you know? Yeah. I, I like you, I I feel like gangster shows have been and hospital shows have been done to death. So it, it's really you got to have something that stands out about it. Like you got to have some kind of drug courier who's a fugitive on the run or something. 
Oh yeah, a doctor who's doing his own black market practice. You got to have some other element to it as opposed yeah. to I'm a I'm the best of the best and I can do amazing things. And yeah, spies are interesting in that there's just so many different layers. Sometimes they very ugly side of reality, and other times yeah. it's not reality at all. It some of them are historical yeah. and they mix in like you say war elements. Like set during World War Two, we gotta yeah go after something that Hitler's men stole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, know, you want to talk Tom Clancy. Uh, it was interesting how Harry Pierce is played by Peter Firth, the longtime British actor, and he's the one of the uh, saboteurs in Hunt for Red October. Yeah. <laughs> movie version. And so I was familiar with some of these British actors. Nicola Walker's gone on to the British procedural Unforgotten. She was on Last Stand at Halifax. Really cool actress. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these other people have done a lot of courtroom stuff and I saw plenty of actors who've been on other stuff like the Star Wars movies and um, uh, Doc Martin. I, I saw so many yeah, people yeah. on here, even a then unknown Hugh Glory playing a minister guy who appears for two episodes, been yeah. in a Cumberbatch and a suspect. Uh, so Sophia Miles had a yeah, role in a, doc- in a Doctor uh, Who episode. Uh, correct Tristan Izzled there's Izzled and um and Keely Hawes was in uh the the sequel show to Life on uh, Mars uh, yeah and she I, plays the, and she plays the voice of Tomb Raider in a bunch of the games she was a voice of that and yeah Ashes to Ashes was the spinoff of yeah, Life on yeah. Mars and she was l- recently uh on the political assassination thriller for Netflix uh Bodyguard and uh yeah, she she is an absolute doll, and I I love her in anything. David Olalalo years before, you know, playing Martin Luther King in Soma, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, dynamite cast, like you say. And when I revisited before Hulu took it off a year and a half ago, I, I you know, just like Twenty Four, I would always see some of the later seasons because uh, I saw IMDb claimed A and E would air this, but I recall since around 06 PBS often airing it and mm-hmm. same kind of deal later in the two BBC America, I think aired it too for a bit. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They were like the first right, right to air in the States. And it was interesting on Hulu because they're, they're the uncut versions. So sometimes they claim TV 14. I'm like, I heard a few choice words. This is clearly the uncut mm-hmm. UK versions. There's really no change in content. It's violent, but never really in a morbid kind of way just people get shot and there's you know mild it's, blood it's, trace but yeah it's reality for their what they do reality uh, there's only like two episodes whereas it, again they would have to censor a word or and alex is shown butt ass naked you know full frontal i want to say the second episode was pretty uh pretty intense and they don't even yeah like it, it, at the same time so, it's disturbing <laughs> and actually that's one of the things about well if you want to call it mi5 or spooks it's however i mean i grew up when I grew up, but well, I guess I remember when I was in my twenties watching it, it, it was late. It was on, I think BBC America and it was MI5. And then yeah. I know in England though, it was called spooks and spooks is just a generic term for spies. Right. I mean, that's it's, so it's, funny it's about the Hulu versions is sometimes they say spooks at the start and other times they say MI5 at the start. Really? Well, that's, <laughs> so that's I consistent. Could, uh, yeah. As, uh, it was just as bad as the Stargate ones is like, if you're going to watch Stargate on streaming, make sure it is on, uh, Amazon Prime or one of the other platforms. If you watch it on Hulu, sometimes it 
will actually have the sci-fi channel logo in the corner and you're like yeah. no <laughs> and yeah it's a very ugly full screen yep and you watch it on any other platform it's blu-ray quality and with this i don't know where else you would be able to see it now unless you just want to shell out money for the dvds but and i might do that like i have copies of them i've, I've acquired quote unquote but the quality is not like great i mean right. think about when it came out so when i was acquiring it it's not like they had like you know great copies yeah but, and they're really short like you you can breeze through them because everyone forgets uk shows are often short like and i think that's a show 40, less was it 40 minutes like, each yeah and five to ten episodes so yeah yeah and what do you think total i think it is <laughs> yeah and over like 11 years 86 episodes <laughs> pretty damn good and pl- plus the movie and I was one of the few who really enjoyed the movie and some were like, it's disappointing. And that was a big year because Mission Impossible 5, you know, Rogue Nation had come out, uh, Spectre, the Daniel Craig, James Bond film had come out. A few other spy movies were out and about. That was my personal favorite spy movie that year because basically I hadn't seen the show in a minute and I instantly got into it. They, they had, uh, uh, snow you know uh the, the young one from game of thrones so mm-hmm. i forget his name sorry uh, <laughs> and I, I thought they did a hell of a job just getting you into it it's like okay harry has been set up did he or yeah. did he not sell out his country yeah uh, kid harrington that's who it is yeah kid, plays yeah. the new guy and some of the twists you see coming and others you don't and i'm like that's how you should do it this is like an episode of like you say, Miami Vice is the closer where you got three suspects. You'll probably figure it out within the first 10, 20 minutes. But then you got that remaining, you know. Watching them or, figure it out. Or more or less, like, you know, they did it, but you don't know why or how. So that's true, too. Yeah. Still in suspense in that interrogation room or car chase. And it was just so cool with Peter Furth is just a very underrated actor. You know, he's been everything. Equus mm-hmm. for Cindy LeMay, even Life Force, you and I's favorite people. Yeah, he was in there, yeah. He's just one hell of an actor who, much like many of these British actors, is just career-proof. He's like, okay, put me in anything. I will do mm-hmm. my damnedest. And pretty noble voice, pretty cool at doing accents, any kind of production. Uh, and he, what, he's just really good at conveying just so much emotion in here. And I saw so many people, like most shows, do the whole, oh... They changed up the cast on this a bunch. I'm like, I really dug how, you know, this was my introduction definitely to Richard Armitage, who was better known for, you know, The Hobbit and Strike Back. Mm-hmm. And here, especially when he has a predicament where you don't know what side of the coin he is and loyalty. And it's like, that's cool. That This predates other what other shows, later Spice shows like Berlin Station, which he was also on and, uh, the Americans, I thought, did really well. At- I mean, this this set the framework for the modern spy show like the Americans, like you're saying, because it was a lot less Bond and a lot more what you would think it might be. It was a lot more realistic. Yeah. And, 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 and realistically, you couldn't get attached to any character because even though there are some that make it all the way through to the end, unless you watch them all, any given episode, they're, I mean, they, they had no problems killing people off. Uh, totally. And, <laughs> I mean, and it, without it, it's like some in some pretty gruesome ways too, like episode two, 
like right there, episode two, it start they start off using a deep fryer to torture somebody. Right. We don't see it, but we hear the reaction and the guy's reaction and yeah, the music accompanies it and really uh, complements the whole dreary uh, morbidness of it all. Yeah. Uh, and I also get shits and giggles when going for it again because the com- the main computers that all the characters are on in the first three seasons, like my dad totally had that kind of Apple computer. <laughs> yeah, they get, yeah, they got they got CRT screens. CRT screens and yeah, they they change up other kinds of computer and tech. Um, I mean, the show ran the gamut from everything. I mean, they they did they had a season based with Al Qaeda. They had a season about traitors. I mean, it, it every season was solid and had a different uh, mostly uh, i won't don't want to say a completely different storyline but they had a very solid overall plot for each season oh totally it i don't feel like seasons two and three can up in one but that's okay like there's still some precious moments and keely hawes and dale Lao's characters are really great at mm-hmm. how they're basically always breaking the rules but they're hiding it drug addiction and everything and uh, Matthew McFadden is our main hero. Uh, again, playing, he has a complex name, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, he, Tom, no, not at all. Tom Quinn, you know. And <laughs> it, it's just so wild how the first season is, you know, oh no, my family's in jeopardy. He leaves you on that cliffhanger. And then it's like, we're getting divorced. No way this is going to work. I love how this actor is, you know, you've seen him in everything the the tv show criminal justice uh frost nixon uh so many different movies and shows and he's often been mocked by british critics as the keanu reeves of the uk and i'm like no (laughs) not even you know what's funny about that too is if you look at keanu reeves the last 10 years is that really even an insult anymore i mean (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) now everyone goes i like keanu reeves i love john wick i'm like well years ago you guys were trash talking him I think I think I think with the Matrix is when people started turning. That tide started turning. Oh man, and I don't know. It he he really does a banged up job, I think, here because he he constantly is just looking just like absent minded or just like oh you gotta be shitting me just like that didn't just happen and like just kind of whole shaking his head like uh, and I'm like that's what this role deserves is like you're a sleeper agent for you know the british feds and Mm -hmm. you got to be professional and i this was remarked by critics just instantly compared as like their answer to 24 but see that's just it like i enjoy both in their own element 24 24 is paced a lot faster because it's supposed to take place over a day right 24 is a hitchcock version of a diehard movie and this it's got elements of all of those Clancy diehard and everything, but it's really cool at you instantly, like you say, like with the cinematography and in the shadows instantly, you're like, who really trusts anyone? Especially when Nicola mm-hmm. Walker joins the cast in like season two, she's like just relieving someone else who they didn't trust. And I love how Harry's like, don't think for a minute, I'm going to get used to you. And by the <laughs> season's in, they are confessing their love to each other. And yes, I cried at that conclusion once again. I am a grown guy, and uh, that that ending, well, I'm not going to give it away, but one character clearly says, I feel cold inside. And I'm like, damn it, you got yeah. me. That, that's rough. That's uh, I felt the 
bullet hole of that death. Oh, yeah. Well, and every season you're losing a character that, as I said, you can't get attached to any of them. Oh, like, totally. There's some, you know, and some seasons are worse. There's some seasons where multiple characters are killed off. And you're like, just wait, right. you know, like the whole season, the whole, the whole show at some point you're waiting for Sophia Miles or Keely Hawes or, or, um, or uh, Peter, Fr- somebody, one of the big names, one of the big characters to be killed off. Cause you don't know if they're, if they're, if they're all going to make it. And they really are all just lovely character actors who yes. they never stole the scene from each other. They really did all play into each other. Yeah. The casting was fantastic. Uh, I love, yeah, I love how Ginny Gutter is basically the secretary of the state, and she always has that perfect. Oh shit, just got real, Harry. You you have to take this call, and he's always like saying in my office. He's like, no, no, like you, you gotta take this now. <laughs> All hands on deck. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, Raza Jeffrey, he was later on a bunch of other federal agent shows. He was like, I think on one arc of Homeland, if I'm not mistaken, but. He was on this other cool spy show that lasted just like one season uh, called The Enemy Within with Charisma Carpenter. Not Charisma I remember seeing the ads for that, but I don't I, didn't, I never watched it. Ah, uh, it was so much fun. And it'll probably never get a DVD release because no one saw it. But um, <laughs> Oh, it's out there somewhere. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I would boot like the shit out of that and the player with Wesley Snipes that came out the same year. Um, uh, but yeah, no, like, Miranda Ryson, she's a doll here, and you've seen her in a bunch of things. Um, the cast list that you you find for this show on like Wikipedia is not nearly the whole cast list. No, because there were so many guest stars and so many people in for two or three episodes that were fantastic. I don't think there was ever one person cast on this show that didn't play their part the way it was supposed to be played. Oh, totally. Like, and, like you said, it was a fantastic cast, a fantastic ensemble cast. And some of the ensemble were fairly large names in yeah. England, for sure. And this did a great one job. Gal who was later like the British love interest of Gary Sinise on CSI New York. That's what I saw her on first. She's like a Interpol agent or what have you. Miranda Ryson and uh, yeah. Alex Lenimpkin, uh, the black British agent who's in the later season. I saw them later on. 24 when they go to london so i was like it's it's almost like it's almost that was it's almost like a crossover between the, it two is the unintentional crossover and uh rupert henry jones uh, again just a, as adam that's just one hell of a kind and i see so many people acting like when he goes away in season four won't explain i won't give away why they're like he's kind of the main character i'm like he wasn't here from the start he was just the well, next yeah <laughs> well i'm scrolling through and i realized i said sophia miles she comes in in like season eight yeah and it seemed like she felt like she'd been there the whole time probably because they keep you know <laughs> replacing people but give them a big backstory too and yeah, where they're often well and, and much like 24 i love how they'll meet each other in the restroom and say why are you really here just they will give them that cold ass stare saying by the time you walk out of this room you better have my trust yeah got my back you don't have any secret you know baby mama or addiction you didn't you know sleep with someone to get up here and hermione norris uh the blonde uh white agent and just she was badass too just like just like just comes on in which blonde because wasn't uh joe portman wasn't joe blonde too i think so but like (laughs) you're like four of them (laughs) she's later later like she becomes close with adam 
if I, if I show you a picture of her right now, you'll, you'll totally. Oh, I could probably just look it up too on here. Okay. Yeah. Her, oh uh, yeah. She's been in everything, wire in the blood between two worlds. And she was just awesome for me. Cause like, she's another one. Like you don't really know where she lies. Is she doing it to get ahead? Like, career-wise or is she actually you know loyal to this team and um, yeah because i mean it yeah I, that's the thing who's 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 legitimately an english agent who's not there's that like, too or is there ever because there's a few episodes where where uh Kelly hall's character is under scrutiny for being a, a double agent or a spy well, oh, not a spy because so that'd sad. be a horrible way of putting it because <laughs> she's a spy no matter what. She and but, Danny, David Olawa's character, have a cool report because they're yeah. roommates, but they're not love interest. They don't do the whole soap opera element. They do the whole, right. it's like, okay, we're going to hang tight. And I love how they do an innocent mistake. Like some thief beats them up at a bar and steals like the main character's like information. They got to help them out. <laughs> like, and by the way, She's Keely Oz is actually married to Matthew McFadden in real life. I had no idea until I didn't know that either until you just said that. Um and I did know that there was a spin-off called Code Nine and it was laughed off because like basically there was no sense of realism or even connection to the main show. Yeah, just, I hate when they do that. And so it not only didn't have anyone's believability, but it was also noted as just having like the worst acting on any British show where you, that's when you know you fucked up. <laughs> like, was, was it like British shows are, was it not the same? Was it not the same writers and creators? I don't think so. And that's t- I don't it, think you know, it's, it's tough to do that. It's, it's tough to spin a show off successfully and not use any of the same people that, that made the first one. I can understand if you're going to do your own criminal mind CSI thing is like, okay, cool. Like maybe yeah, you got to do it right. Well that, but like, like for instance, uh, when I had Alex Ingham shout out, <laughs> uh, precinct TV is the site she runs. Um, we were talking about all the FBI shows and how they all have their own identity. Like the main one is kind of, again, 24 most wanted is kind of like profiler criminal minds. Mm-hmm. And international is kind of like taken where it's just global crimes you know and ransoms you know and they all got their own identity their own set of characters and when they do a crossover it isn't awkward like when they would used to do ncis in la where you're just like they clearly are not in the same room together (laughs) it's like they couldn't look any less interacting with each other (laughs) just just i don't buy it and uh, like you say, when the styles are just so different, sometimes it's just going to be awkward anyway. <laughs> well, because it feels like it's two different universes. Mm-hmm. I saw that I, I, when Lawrence yeah. Fishburne from CSI went over to CSI Miami and it's like, yeah, and Caruso's like, style yeah. is so different. You're like, yeah, they, you just shouldn't have bothered. You guys are just so, so different. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly, like everyone, get, I, I liked Miami and I liked it because it was stylized. It, yeah. it was much more stylized in the Vegas. The Vegas one was stylized too, but Miami was stylized like Miami Vice was still. You know, it still had I, that. Feel. Totally my thoughts. Apples and, and oranges, you know? And what I loved about Caruso was the difference between Grissom and Caruso. Caruso's like, oh, so that guy, that guy shot a cop? All right, well, let's cut his fingers off till he admits it. And he'd shut the, shut the blinds on the window. Like, exactly. he was not afraid to, like, well, I'm going to make you he talk. He knew he was a hypocrite, and yep. yet he was kind of like the equalizer where he's like, only I know how to break the rules and make everyone go home on time. 
yeah. like, I'm going to erase this backlog or no, you're going to stay the night until you give me a DNA sample before yeah. I bring this guy back in to be prosecuted. And, yep. and then he's got his own son who is, you know, trying to escape his drug addicted mom and who's married to a dangerous tycoon. It's like, that was all cool. And cause Vegas was more, again, kind of following like profiler NYPD blue or is like, we're going to mm-hmm. have an, and you accepted CSI, you know, it gets lampooned, but again, much like spooks chose a style where like 24, it has, you know, split screens. It went its own way where, there's so many things that, you know, just like 24 is representative of America. Like they show a lot of fear mongering joint chiefs and mm-hmm. news reporters reacting to the conflict as it's evolving. Like spooks would do the whole deal where like in season four, there's like one guy who's like, what is like co-funding some terrorists. So he can basically make Britain practically a police state. <laughs> and lo and behold, yeah. he, he decides to loop the, Raza Jeffrey, you know, the uh, Muslim British agent into a trap so that yeah. then he can stop him at the airport and say, oh, he can't stop him. I'm going to wrongly accuse him of being a terrorist. And I love how it plays into that. And CSI shows, you know, shows like that, we're doing the whole, we're super cops and we have comic book kind of logic, you know? Yeah. And but it's just interesting how the 2000s are just so edgy in that they had a little more freedom to do what they wanted to do but it also sucked in that they had to work even harder to stand out. And at that time, you know, 24 was known as like the first show, which everyone was along with the Sopranos was binge watching on DVD. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you don't have cable or regular antenna channel, you're going to have to. It's CSI. (laughs) Right. Or or even CSI. Yeah. Just wait for your blockbuster to run it all. But no, but you know, the biggest thing I, you know, like the comparison's always been drawn between 24 and Spooks. 24's first couple of seasons I was on board with because, okay, each hour represented an hour of a day. By the time I'd say, see, maybe even seasons four, I don't remember. But as the later seasons rolled on, I'm like, there's no way he's gallivanting around the world like that in one day. I've yeah. flown from here to, I've, I've flown from Chicago to LA. It's five hours. I accepted it. Unless, cross, unless he's crossing the dateline numerous times. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you're not, you know, it became, it became too, it made sense to have a show take place over 24 hours on our soil because you can get around the United States with planes and cars in, in, in 24 hours. You could fly somewhere and then drive somewhere and do it. Yeah. It got but, too brilliant for its own good. And it, yeah, when he starts going overseas and stuff, it's like, no, you can't, it, no. Where Spooks stayed true to its form the whole time. Totally. And you know, that was what was nice about it. Like they didn't st- should have changed up its settings more. Yeah. Like, like Spooks didn't become like, like you said, the comic book logic at some point he became John McClane. Oh yeah. You know, uh, like I, there was a lot of the show that was in the beginning, like the procedures and stuff that got lost for the action. Oh, and, they weren't even supposed to have their own movie together, believe it or not. Yeah. And, and Spooks didn't do that. Spooks stayed. Spooks didn't need any other universe. And I know you haven't seen the movie, but like I can't applaud it more because it kept it simple and had like five different arcs and it kept it all just one giant chase. You know, first mm-hmm. fugitive on the run and then did he do it or not? And yep. stop the main bad guy before he sets off, you know, something with a supercomputer hacking and all that. And yeah. it seems like I think a lot of spy shows, like 
again, I mentioned Mission Impossible and James Bond. They were kind of seeing, they and even Fast and Furious to some extent, just seem to want to just see, you know, they're all going to share each other's money because they're just all just giant mega franchises. Like even people who hate them are going to see them just out of curiosity. They're that kind of giant. Well, because they start going so over the top you 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 kind of are like okay what are they doing now i'm just gonna get liquored up and see what the fuck yeah. happens but yeah like you say it just seemed like every once in a while like all those simultaneously were kind of doing the whole we're off the grid this mm-hmm. year and 24 had done that but spooks i thought did it probably pretty good because it only did it just about every season someone has to just say like harry says i will buy you time and yeah. by 48 hours you better be back in my office with yeah. being report and you know but it wasn't like going off the grid because they were being hunted by their own people no it was and going off the grid because they knew they had to, something had to be done that would be questionable yes 24 Get it done the, come back yes yeah Re- retreat and then or retrieve and then retreat and yeah. like you say 24 did the if it wasn't doing the bombs to death, again, I say this as a mega fan who's still reviewing them all. Uh, I, 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 I know it enough to know what's really, really wrong with it, especially the New York season, but where it was trying to be too much like a cop show, and you're like, no, this is a better. It's like, aren't you a CIA spy? <laughs> yeah. Um, what what it did really to death definitely was the you know it was more interesting when it was who's going to potentially attack the White House or set off a bomb here. When it did the whole, guess who's the mole this season? You're like, okay, you know, it's just... It didn't work for them. <laughs> it's too distracting, yes. Yeah. And um, especially when they got by even the good seasons, it, on rewatches, it will just say, okay, I know who it is, so that part's a little boring. It was only meant to be seen once, not multiple times, like mm-hmm. the other clever stuff with who will set off the bomb who's going to go to war with who um spooks like you say again is like you're a doberman you know uh take a scent of what you know <laughs> you, you just got a bad nuance about and i love how every oh uh, family's family's up great <laughs> family yeah fast and furious we're probably, we're probably gonna have to wrap up no i'll get i'll get but yeah, um, back to your point. Yeah, um, <laughs> Spooks always stayed consistently like in a realm where you could say, "Okay, this all works." And you like you, your Doberman analogy is a great one because it's like, "Okay, you got the scent. I'm going to unhook your leash, but I'm going to come after you and bring you back in a, like a day, right?" And I think Malcolm is the n- name of the one tech guy who's always basically updating them. I love mm-hmm. that dude. He just has a fun off-color sense of humor without being a perv or crude guy he's just like you're not gonna like this boss (laughs) (laughs) and he makes it in the movie and i like i I dug that because he gets like the first line of dialogue you're like perfect he's setting up the audience's mood he sets the tone (laughs) and he he's not a cancer and i love how you would get like a simple like barrier Mm -hmm. it's always Every what every spy movie and show often does pretty good is there's just a bureaucrat that comes in like from Homeland Security or, and Spooks would often have it be like, someone sent from Her Majesty who wants you to sponsor this you know, 
corporate bill, which will basically make us profile every single Muslim in the country or, you know, like uh, uh, do other illegal wiretapping that we'll, we'll claim isn't illegal. And mm-hmm. uh, they keep it like that. You're like, you are not to be doing this. And Harry always winks to the other guys and they get his memo. And they're like, okay, he's not going to be doing this. He's going to be the puppet who, you know, pretends yep. to play along and then when they finally get what evidence he needs, he turns the tables on them and says, we will resign now, according immediately. <laughs> like, and here's, and here is why. Yeah. Right. It, it's a great twist. Cause like the best heroes don't need to, you know, win in a fist fight, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, pistol whip you. <laughs> Harry, I don't think he, he takes like maybe a gun out once, you know, and yep. you just love him because he, and again, uh, uh, Ruth, you know, Nicola Walker's character is just like, just so naturally brave. And they don't even go into their messy, you know, life. Like they instantly imply, I have no life, uh, but I am loyal to my majesty. <laughs> yep. Well, it's funny if you look at like the list of uh, surviving characters of the show, there's literally like eight or nine. Uh, at least that and you point. look at the and, and you look at the deceased and it's a lot and a lot of them were, were like characters that were brought in for a year or two and kind of main characters Sophia miles we can probably assume she went on the run or got killed in action maybe she doesn't appear in the last season it's like yeah it, it doesn't say she was killed off but yeah uh ruth gets killed or ruth um yeah oh so sad and... yeah and the thing is she left the show and came back yeah uh, that, that was what was it's so, it's so sad because it's an accident <laughs> yeah it's an accident and that's what gives it a more nuanced thing so i think like you say this show was just too real for some people and yeah. everyone was watching again just other british giant shows like sherlock or what have you and it's like yeah i know i like this because like this is more again like they're doing all kinds of things cyber attacks and mm-hmm. uh even less assassinations. Sometimes it's more confusion is like the thing they have to do in that episode. <laughs> like yep. we have to discern why they were confused with their unreliable Intel they got. And it's not robotic. It's never where you're just counting what they even say before they say it. There's plenty of other times where uh, we'll just be like, well, I'm going to have to have a drink right now. <laughs> Don't tell anyone I'm still on duty. <laughs> Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you completely on this. I, I think it's it's a show that it still holds up too. I, I think people should I think people should give it a shot if they haven't. Because I mean, um, a good counter to this probably is Line of Duty, which kind of is showing the internal affairs version of Britain. Yeah, I never saw that one. It's very much like that, where you got it. It shows the tactical, you know, uh, SWAT teams again how politics gets involved in policing and it's hard to tell the anti-hero cops from the bad cops sometimes and even gotcha it even goes even further just showing how it's like they have to really basically do a lot of surveying and spying on each other because they're gonna get basically ridiculed and basically in a fist fight with cops because you know unions and all that mm-hmm. and and then and always the one who is the main bad apple can't be touched because he's got all his other cronies, you know, mm-hmm. taking the hit. Or they frame the good cop 
<laughs> yeah. Or it just, just again, it's a maze. It's a, and uh, they do a good job. They kind of do what they did with True Detective. I'm not as crazy about that, but I know many are. And, you know, True Detective, you know, it became a hit because it was in, it was an anthology show. Yeah. And what they do with, yeah, Line of Duty is it's an anthology, but it's a different profiler. And then near the end, they wrap it all. They connect the, that's the, <laughs> nice. And so then you see that whole, you know, uh, dashboard of all the various photos and you know, <laughs> you're like, how did they even get through that cluster? <laughs> nice. Well, not to cut short, but I, I got to get going because we're supposed to be somewhere in an hour and a half. Okay, all good. Um, uh, get, feel free to plug what you got going. Here, I don't books. even, uh, I'll, I'll plug it next time when I, it's actually posted. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, thank you for being on here. <laughs> oh, no, no problem, man. I just wish um, it, we had a little bit more time, but I'm glad I was able to join and talk about a show that I really do like. So, okay, um, sure. yeah, let me know and we'll do, uh, we'll do it again. Anytime. All right. Thanks Spies a lot. beaming out. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin cough, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at twelve years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at twelve? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey and I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, 
often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend, Eric Kuber, to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to, and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make at eilfm.podbean.com Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.